Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. We are also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Our lesson today is by James Mills. He's bringing us a wonderful lesson on how much do we love God. As Christians, we know that one of the greatest commandments is in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Also, 1 John 4 tells us, we love him because he first loved us. And finally, in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So he asked us the questions, how much do we love God? We hope that you enjoy the lesson today and please like us on Facebook. Thank you. I get excited about my, uh, my wife and my children, but on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, when I wake up, then I don't want to think about anything else. You know, it's that one day, that one day that I could care less about work, I could care less less about what's broke, needs fixed. And all I want to do, all I want to do is have nothing but God on my mind. And knowing that I can be here with brothers and sisters in Christ that have that same, that same outlook on life, it puts a smile on my face. And that's what I want to do this morning. When I look out there and I see people I know, I know when I look in your eyes and when I look at your face, I know that you have things on your mind and you're thinking about things. And we want to get rid of all that this morning. Right now, at this minute, if you, if you hurt, if you feel some pain in your body, if you feel sick, I want you to leave all that behind. I want you to leave it behind this morning. If you're thinking about something that may need fixed, Jamie's washer has been broke for three weeks. And they've came out twice and worked on this washer. And, I, and she's got to the point where she's about to cry because she can't wash clothes. That's how bad it is. And they came out again and they still can't fix that washer. And I know she's probably thinking about that now. She's probably thinking about, all I want to do is wash clothes. I wish my washer could be fixed. You know? Or, or you may be feeling, oh, I've got this family member that's sick. That's just in need of prayer. You may be thinking about an illness that's bothering you. Maybe your back hurts this morning. Maybe you have a friend that you know needs help and you're thinking about that. Maybe you have a bill that's going to be due next week. Are we thinking about that? Are we thinking about how am I going to pay this bill? Are we thinking about what we're going to have for lunch when we're done here? What I want you to do this morning, turn over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's read a couple verses. 6 and verse 7. Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, what? For he careth for you. What we're going to do this morning before we even get started in our lesson, what we're going to do is we're going to cast all, all those cares 
at Jesus' feet. All those problems that you have, we're going to get rid of that. Why? Because we want this to be a true worship to God. All those things that we're thinking about, all those things that we talk about, let's leave them outside. Leave them outside. When we come here to worship God, it needs to be in spirit and in truth. Brother Scott brought a wonderful lesson on worship. I think it's actually was a series of lessons on worship. And when you wake up on the Lord's day, you need to forget about all those problems you had. Forget about all those sicknesses. Forget about all the pain and suffering. And what? Put that smile on your face. And all you need to have on your mind is the Lord. So when you get here and you come through those doors, brothers and sisters, and we get ready to worship God in spirit and truth, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to be worrying about anything else, but we're going to lay everything, lay all of our burdens down at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because He said, I care for you. I care for you. So now that we've got our minds all cleared, I'm sure that, that was quick, right? All we're thinking about is God now. All we're thinking about is how precious our Lord and Savior is. Now we can have a true, a true worship in spirit and in truth. This morning, I want to test and see just how much you love the Lord. How much do you love the Lord? Remember there in Matthew chapter 22, Verse 36 beginning. The Pharisees and Sadducees asked Jesus. They said, Master, in verse 36, Matthew 22, 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? What did Jesus tell them? Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. When we got here this morning, and when we came through those doors, did we have all those other things cast away? Did we have all that out of our mind? Do we love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind? We need to ask ourselves, when we come here, do we come here just to be a body and sit and fill a seat in a pew? Do we come here just to say that we went to church on the Lord's day? Or do we really love the Lord? Do you really love the Lord? Jesus said to love me. Love me with everything. You know what that means? When we talk about a marriage, when a man and a woman come together and they're going to spend the rest of their life together and you take those vows and you promise one another that I will love you no matter what. Right? I will love you no matter what. Whatever I've got to do. Whether you're sick, whether you're in good health, whatever we got to do, we're going to be together. And we're going to do that for the rest of our life. Jesus said, you must have that same kind of love for me, he said. 
You must love me no matter what. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, he said, you must love me with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's what when we get here on the Lord's day, when we wake up on the Lord's day, we need to have nothing but our Lord and Savior on our mind. We don't need to worry about where we need to be when we're done here today. We don't need to worry about what we're going to eat when we're done here. We don't need to worry about something that needs fixed. We don't need to worry about if our grass needs cut when we're done here. We need to have nothing but the Lord on our mind. How much do you love the Lord? How much do you love the Lord? We're going to find out this morning. We're going to talk about a man who wanted to see Jesus so much. He wanted to see Him so much he climbed on a sycamore tree. How many of us here this morning are ready to climb trees for Jesus? Are you ready to climb a tree to be with Jesus? Are you just going to stand there and watch Jesus as He goes by? This morning you need to use your imagination. And I'm sure all of us have big imaginations, right? Remember when you were a little kid and you, wanted to, you got to play house with your friends, you know? You're like... Well, I want to be the dad, you know. Only if the mom was a cute little girl, right? If the cute, if the little girl was ugly, you're like, no, I'll be a kid. <laughs> no. Did you ever play house when you were growing up as a little kid, you know? We're like, I'm the mommy, I'm the daddy. You be the children. I don't want to be the kid. I want to be mom or dad, you know. This morning. I want you to use your imagination because we're about to go on a journey and we're going to go on a trip and it's going to take us back to when Jesus was walking on this earth. Imagine what that would have been like. Imagine if we could have been there. Remember John said, I'm preparing the way. I'm preparing the way there in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, turn over there with me and let's read. When, when John said there's one going to be somebody come, he said, I'm not even worthy to reach down and latch his shoes. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, beginning through 3, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John. John came before and John said, There's going to be somebody come, look. And this man's going to come, he said, And you will not believe the power that this man's going to have. You will not, I'm not even worthy, he said, to reach down and latch his shoes. And these people go, who is this? Who is this person? And John said, you just wait. I'm baptizing you with what this, this person is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, he said. I'm not even worthy. I shouldn't even be talking about this. This man is this great. We are going to go back and we pretend you are there. Pretend you are there. When Jesus is walking 
He's going through the streets and he's preaching to people. He's teaching people. He's teaching parables that any, any child could have understood. The only problem is, the good thing is, it would have been great to have been there. The bad thing is that we would be dead, right? We wouldn't be here today. It's a sad thing. But just imagine what it would have been like. And that's what we're going to do today. Pretend that you are one of those people, those great multitudes that followed after Jesus. Just imagine all the healing that he was doing. All he had to do was speak. And those people were healed, right? Turn with me over to the book of Luke, which leads us to the person that we want to talk about this morning. Luke chapter 19. We notice as Jesus went through, and he was teaching... He was telling the people what they needed to do. He was trying to explain to the people that He was the Savior. But eventually He was going to have to be put to death. And in Luke chapter 18 there, verses 31 through 33, Jesus, He took it to Him, the twelve, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spit it on. And they shall scourge him and put him to death and the third day he shall rise again. Jesus was warning the twelve. He said, look, my time is coming to an end. Even though, he said, you saw all these great things, these wonderful works that I've done, and you've been there, he said, unfortunately, this is all going to come to pass. We must go, he said. We must go our way to Jerusalem so that it may be fulfilled. Why? Well, he said, I and going to be put to death. They didn't understand what he was talking about, right? Imagine if we are there and Jesus is about to make that journey to Jerusalem and we are one of those multitudes that are following after Jesus. Put yourself there in the streets. <laughs> Chapter 19. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. There's two things we want to note here. Two things we want to note. Jesus is making his travel. He's getting ready to make his journey to Jerusalem. And in doing so, he passes through Jericho. Now, did he have to? No. But as you'll see as we talk about it, Zacchaeus, there's a reason. There's a reason he's going through Jericho. And then it mentions the fact that he was what? He was a tax collector. He was a tax collector. So this tells us that he was one of, he was not only a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector. So imagine how many people hated this man, right? 
How many people dislike this man, rather? Because he was there to take their money, right? Collect those taxes. And it says what? He was rich. Now, in chapter 18, just before Jesus is going through Jericho, he had just talked about how difficult it was for a rich person to get to heaven. He didn't say it wasn't possible. People mistake, oh, well, rich people will never get to heaven. Jesus said so. No. Jesus said it's easier for a camel to get to the eye of a needle. Now, how hard is that? So basically, he said it's going to be really hard. But they said, well, then who can get to heaven, Jesus? He said, what did he say? He said, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Before that, there was a rich young ruler. He said, Jesus, I've done everything. I've done everything. How great am I? What do I have to do in order to get to heaven? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, well, all these things you've done. He said, well, go sell everything you have and follow me. Yeah. How easy was that? He's like, yeah. All you got to do is sell everything you got follow after me. How many of you would have sold everything you have when you were back then if Jesus would have said, hey, sell it all and follow me? How many of you would have done that? How many of you? The rich young ruler, he walked away sorrowful. He was sorrowful. He's like, I don't want to give up this. I don't want to give up this. I have so much. Jesus said, sell it, follow me. Imagine you are there. You are there and Jesus looks at you and he says, Hey, Brian, sell everything you got and follow after me. What choice are you going to make? What choice are you going to make? Well, Zacchaeus was a very rich man, it tells us. Very rich man. Verse 3, and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was a little of stature. Two things we want to note here. Two things, all right? He sought to see Jesus. Are we seeking Jesus today? Do we love the Lord with all of our heart? Are you seeking after Jesus? Here we have a sinner person, Zacchaeus, a sinner man, and he knows that Jesus is coming through the town, through Jericho, and he seeks him. Oh, I've got to see this man. I've got to see this guy. He's heard so many things about how great the works are he's doing, all the great things that are being done, and he's like, I've got to see, I've got to see Jesus. How many of us have got to see Jesus? How many of you? Zacchaeus had a choice. He was a little man of stature. Imagine how he felt with all those multitudes. And we have Jesus the Savior coming through the street. He could have just stood there, right? He could have just stood there. He could have just stood there behind and just been part of the crowd. And he could have let the people say, Oh, it's Jesus. 
And he could just thought, well, all right, great. But no, he said, I've got to see this man. I've got to see Jesus. How many of you love the Lord enough to where you're doing whatever it takes to see Jesus? Do you love the Lord that much that whatever it takes, you want to see Jesus? You want to see Jesus? Verse 4, And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. This morning, Jesus is walking through your town. Jesus is walking through your home. Jesus is walking through your work. Jesus is riding with you in your automobile. Jesus is with you at your doctor's appointments. Jesus is with you all way. What are you doing about it? Are you trying to hide? Do you want Jesus to see you? Do you want to see Jesus? Or are you ashamed of what Jesus might see? Zacchaeus said, I've got to see Jesus. I've got to see. So he ran forward. And he climbed up a sycamore tree. Imagine a grown man, the chief tax collector. Imagine the embarrassment he must have thought. All these people are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm climbing this tree. I've got to see Jesus. How many of you are trying to climb that tree to be with Jesus? Or are you just standing there in the crowd and watching Jesus go by? Watching Jesus go by. You're missing the moment. You're missing that moment. Zacchaeus said, I have got to see Jesus. I'm going to climb. And he did. He climbed up that sycamore tree. Why? Because he didn't want to miss the opportunity that he had. If we don't start climbing trees, we're going to miss the opportunities. If you've never obeyed the gospel, if you don't start climbing that tree right now and get up in that tree, because Jesus is coming through your city, you've got to get up in that tree. You've got to see Jesus because it's going to be too late. If you've obeyed the gospel and you claim that you're a Christian, but you're not climbing those trees, you feel that, oh, I've done enough. All I've got to do is stand here and let Jesus go by. No, you've got to keep climbing trees. You've got to get up in those trees. We've got to climb those trees for Jesus. Love the Lord with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. Do you really love the Lord or you just say you love the Lord? Climb those trees. Get up in that tree. And when Jesus came, verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide 
at thy house. What did Jesus do? He saw how much Zacchaeus wanted to see. He knew. Jesus knows you. He knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything about you. You may think you're nobody. You may think you have nothing to live for. You may think there's nothing that you're not important, but Jesus said you matter to me. Remember? Remember when we started our lesson, Jesus says, I care for you. Bring it on and lay at my feet because I care for you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus says, I guess. Get down out of that tree. Get down. Come down now, he said. How do you think he knew who this man was? Because he was Jesus. Jesus knows who you are. And Jesus is telling you to come down from that tree now. Did you climb up there? Because if you never went up in the tree, Jesus is not going to bid you to come, right? You got to seek after Jesus. Zacchaeus sought. He got up in that sycamore tree and he's like, I'm going to be up there to see Jesus. And Jesus said, get down, Zacchaeus, because today, today, I'm going to abide in your house. That's right. That's right. A lot of times, as Christians, we think that we seek after the Lord. But it's the other way around. The Scriptures tell us that He chose us. He seeks after you. We've got it all confused. We think that we're seeking after the Lord, but Jesus said, I'm seeking after you. I'm going to find you if you want me to. If you want me to. John chapter 15 and 16. John chapter 15 and 16. <clears throat> Jesus said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordain you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Jesus said, I seek after you. I seek after you. So there Zacchaeus was up in that sycamore tree, and Jesus said, come down. Because today, today is the day of salvation, right? Today is the day of salvation. We have no promise of tomorrow. This may be our last breath we take today. And when you woke up this morning, did you say to yourself that this could be my last day? Or did you say to yourself, I've got so much more time left here on this earth. Jesus said you have no promise. You have no promise of tomorrow. 
He told Zacchaeus, he said, get down here now. Because today, I'm going to abide with you. Abide with you. Verse 7, Luke 19. 